two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to who? Talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the joke that follows this song. But hey, we gave it a try. So here's the Knights of they are divided For equal, sequel, hate, and love they fight it I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader I'm the spy a big thank you to Anspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is February 8th, 2020. My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by professional podcast host, Zenger. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that title. I'll keep it. And the curator and the president of the Mary Suzeum... Mary... I can't even say that laughing. The Mary Suzeum, Russ. What? Yeah, so hello. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's good to be back. <laughs> Oh, folks, it's going to be a fun episode. Nothing says a great, fantastic podcasting content like recording at almost 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. Um, But on this week's episode, because we haven't been together in a while, we are going to be catching up on all sorts of Star Wars news that we've really, we've been kind of, guy, we've had more Star Wars news in the last month than probably the last few months combined, if you're not including just like Rise of Skywalker trailers and stuff. So... Zach, I, I want to take a minute, though, before we get too into this to, to address something that I think needs to be addressed. You're pregnant. No, no, no. I just want to say this to Daisy Ridley. Um, your hatred of Porgs is noted, and I don't appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, I got her back on that one. <laughs> oh. it, it's so weird, that whole... I was watching you guys talk, and you know I wanted to jump in as the curator of the Mary Museum, but yeah, I didn't realize the hate was that real. It, it was really funny. I get the pork thing. Everyone keeps asking me about porks. I'm like, they're birds. They're just birds. Go away, porks. It's really just like a space bird, right? So how, how far can it go? It's like so crazy about them. I sort of feel like they're stealing all the thunder, and we work really, really hard. Baby Yoda or a porg? Baby Yoda. Oh, a pork? Yeah! Oh, I'm just amazed that that's the first time I've seen anything from it. I kind of like the idea that Daisy Ridley's going to be the person that's the most like outspoken about Star Wars. Kind of like, it, it's not be as like blatant. Because this happens a lot with Star Wars, especially like I can remember, like in two thousand five, like six ish, like when Natalie Portman was doing like the press rounds for V for Vendetta, and they're like, "So you're not you are Padme," and she's like, "Don't talk to me, Jimmy Kimmel. Don't say that word around me." <laughs> and it's like I love that. I love that we're in that like oh god time frame with the actors for Star Wars. They're like, "Don't say those words near me." Yeah, but she's not going after directors or fellow actors. She's like taking yet. podcast hot takes, yet. like uh, like Crystal Fox's rule, Porgs down. You know that kind of take from her is is pretty funny. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of them know better too. And plus, I would imagine she knows it's only inevitable, and she gets a phone call about episode ten. Like, like it's one of those things where she has to know that like she can't insult Star Wars the same way that like all the other actors used to, like in yesteryears. But yes, yeah, the, she's well, part of the Disney machine. She's like got on the gravy train with like biscuit wheels. Like she's not gonna mess it up just for uh, just just for uh, 
for the sake of putting something online. Thank you exactly. for using a quote from an amazing movie, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So I guess with that being said, is there any, like, I have a bunch of Star Wars headlines from Reddit. So a bunch of things that kind of come and gone. We, we didn't even cover the whole idea that at one point the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus has been a bit of a roller coaster ride where it's like, oh, oh, it's canceled. Nope, it's back. And it's canceled. Nope, now it's a movie. And what are you, you talking about? The movie's fine. That was that is one of the pieces of news that I was aware of. So I'm hoping you'll catch me up on some stuff I don't know. But the fact that uh, Evan McGregor had to come out uh, publicly, like someone asked him about, it. he's like, "Everything's fine. It's fine." Like he he he, he did a lot of uh, of cover for that story. Yes, I, I like that. I like how we're gonna have a different name for the titular actor every time we say his name. Think quick, Sam, because you think of your own mispronunciation of his name soon. Um, but no, it's so like this. I think we it's been mentioned in a few episodes in the last like month that like some third rate like film blog was like, nope, it's canceled, and then it was like, nope, everything's fine, and then it got it's gotten delayed now. Where they were supposed to start shooting, I think the late like kind of like early to mid spring of this year and now they're not shooting until the exact same time next year and then there's rumors going around online from like robert meyer burnett and john campia saying that apparently lucasfilm wants to rework the series into a movie again they can't just tease us they brought him out on stage and promised this show and and, and almost like we were kind of sold on disney plus with it too because we we knew about the show and it's like yeah mandalorian's great but that obi-wan stuff you know that's coming i, I don't know how you stretch out obi-wan's exile for six hours right. and, and sure he, he can do stuff but after a while he can only beat up a bunch of thugs and stuff like that until like it's like like his thing about it, the whole point of Obi-Wan is that he's supposed to be just kind of like at a distance just making sure stuff doesn't happen. And yes, you do get like brief glimpses of him and like in Rebels where Maul goes to Tatooine just to kind of like provoke Obi-Wan. And that sort of stuff is neat though, but it, like Obi-Wan really it's so he lived a dull life. Like he, he again he was it's him kind of I don't want to say wallowing in his own misery, but it's the idea of He's not supposed to be having these grand adventures anymore. Like that part of his life is over. Yeah, that's why I thought the concept might have been that it's just him and he thinks back and, and you know, almost like I said, better call Obi, like a better call Saul, where it's all, you know, <laughs> telling his telling a story that we don't know yet. But maybe if they are doing that, they're like, no, we, can't, we can't do the Clone Wars on a, on a TV show like this. Might as well just make it a movie if you're going to do that. Pick the best one and we'll make it two hours long. Well, that's my question to you, Russ, is do you think they're going to go the Better Call Saul route, or are they going to try to do a Logan, where it's like Obi-Wan's like last hurrah? Oh, the last stand? Not not the obviously he can't die, but just kind of like his I mean, last hurrah. Well, Star Wars, they can do whatever they want. They can, he can, they can open up a portal, and somebody can pull him out of the portal as he's about to die. Clearly, there's precedent for all this now. Uh, but that's my question, though. Is like, Are they going to try to make it the Logan thing, where it's his final, like, I kind of like Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven as well, where they're gonna make it very, very Western esque. Like, what if they just go, uh, instead of that Western vibe, they go like super dark and change his lore? And that Obi Wan, you know, he's the one who went to Lars' house and killed him, and he he knocked out the sand crawler, and that this was all like, like oh, his plants, but like, come young Luke, um, everyone's gone here, let's go. It's like we never saw what actually happened there, you know, troops isn't canon. <laughs> It's like, I've been waiting for this day, Uncle Owen. He's like, Uncle? And he's like, shut up. 
Oh, God, can you imagine the riots we'd be having in the fan base if they started rewriting Obi-Wan Kenobi history? Yeah, the dark Obi-Wan. His whole plan was he knew that Palpatine was going to survive no matter what he did with Luke, and that was too, you know, uh, it was his long game. At this point, I kind of just want the fan base on fire. It's like, you know what? Like, the Star Wars you fan mean base is more really on happy. fire. Perpetu- it's kind of like I want the Simpsons tire fire. We're currently <laughs> at the flaming dumpster, and I want just a perpetual fire that just never can be extinguished at this point. That's all I want. If you have a website for the show, you just kind of have like a day since, you know, the, the, the fire's <laughs> been burning. It just have like a logo with fire on it. And well, when, when could you uh, pinpoint that date? Would that be, I don't know, the day after Last Jedi came out? I'd say basically, I think the day the Return of the Jedi came out in '83. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with what John Justice said. You, you know, John Justice, friend of the show, host of um, God, I can never remember what he changed it to. Um, positively Star Wars. Po- positively, I was I was about to say sensitively Star Wars, but I'm like that's not <laughs> right. Um, host of Positively Star Wars. Uh, check out his upcoming book, uh, The Vanishing War, the conclusion of the Embark trilogy. Um, what he said when he did the interview for Zingness, where he said the worst thing that George Lucas ever did with Star Wars was put it out. <laughs> I like that. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not wrong, to be honest. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I, I'm starting to think, though. I forget why I was reading. I was reading something about just like... Words. Uh, you were reading words. No, no, no. You know what it was? I, I, I got this documentary called In Search of Darkness... And it's about like 80s horror stuff. And I was watching it. And at one point in this documentary, they start talking about like what happened with VHS tapes and how it kind of like let people bring movies into their home. And I wonder the shift in the Star Wars fandom. And obviously, I wasn't born yet in 83 or the mid 80s. Is that they make it was a better time, a simpler time. Before the before the dark times. <laughs> but the, the 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 idea they have is like, oh, like when they started making movies available like on VHS for home video consumption, it fundamentally altered not just how we consume media and how we view it, but our attachment to it. And I wonder that when Return of the Jedi came out, that's when people started to like, it may be the aftermath of Jedi, was that people started being like, oh, this isn't as good as the first two, things like that. And I wonder if it's the idea that like, being able to possess media because I think Empire didn't Empire and the original Star Wars didn't come out on video until after Jedi was in theaters. No, I wonder- no, no. They, they. I'll, I'll, I'll test. Uh, well, actually, you might be right, but I know that at the time people did have VHS recorders and recorded them off. We're playing on HBO. And sure. I remember being very young, and like I think I've mentioned it before, but my original trilogy was uh, Star Wars, Empire, and Raiders of the Lost Ark in that order on a VHS tape. Sure, like, but I th- yeah. But I, well, I mean, no. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like when they become officially available, like a lot of people were not. I guess VHS recorders were out were out during during the 70s. But the fact that like people didn't start buying like media as in like a way of collecting something where it became kind of accessible to kind of just you go to a. I, again, I don't even know where you, you probably yeah, you know would. better than I do. Where, Russ, where would you go buy a videotape back in nineteen like eighty five? Like an electronic store, Kmart, like a TG and Y or Kmart, okay. or maybe you had to wait till a video store came around. Maybe you would see one in a rack. Like it's it, it's it was it was really weird early on. But I'd say once the rise of the video store, then you know they okay. were. That's when that's when your music stores and, and stuff popped up with movies. Sure, but I think that's the. 
that's kind of the thing I think what changed with Star Wars is that, and I think it's not just Star Wars in general. It was the idea that when people could start, what's the word, attaching themselves to this media in a way that you couldn't do that by just paying to see it in a theater and you're, I don't even want to call this your connection to the media kind of began and ended at the theater entrance. Whereas when you can bring the movie into your home and you own the movie, like think about it, you bought a ticket to see a movie in the early eighties, even before then, just by buying a ticket, you, you have no possession of that media. But once you have a physical copy, that's yours. I think psychologically that altered how we view movies in a way that like even like music and just any form of media where we have a different level of just emotional attachment to it once it's a possession as opposed to just a viewing experience. And I think that that's super true for Star Wars because not only – I mean even before, of course, you could have that physical media. There were so many storybooks and comics and the toys and everything. So you were – it was one of the first things that you could like surround yourself with and just immerse yourself in. And those books, they would they would have books with cassettes or, or 45 LPs that would tell you, this is the story of Return of the Jedi. You will know what it's I time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. He goes, what? Sorry, I don't have a beeping <laughs> R2-D2. I want that. Somebody somebody take a recording of that off YouTube and insert the, the Vader what. Um, R2-D2 doesn't have a voice modulator. Worst Star Wars book ever. Um, but yeah, no, no I, think, I, I think Russ, yeah, Russ, I kind of think reinforces my point. It's the idea that, like, yes, Star Wars had that like ancillary media that other things didn't or what's the word had much more elaborate ancillary media but i think it wasn't until you could take the movies home with you i think there's a difference between having an action figure or a collection of action figures and then having the physical movie i think that and i think that's how why we how we look at movies changes and i think it's weird that we still have that connection to media to this day despite the fact that nobody buys physical copies of movies anymore or at least nowhere near as much as we did in years prior no, I don't think anyone under a certain age is, is buying a lot of physical media these days. Uh, yeah, just the streaming services are just it's just like a, a glut of just everything, and you feel like you own everything anyway, and you could lose it in a second. So that's just weird, though. I can not to make this into a philosophical debate over streaming versus like owning tangible media, but I wonder how that is going to affect people like in the future. The idea that. You don't have, like, again, Russ, I don't know how extensive your physical media library is, but I know Zenger has Blu-rays, and so do I. But it's the idea that, like... Look at them all. <laughs> yes, it's... But I wonder, like, is how, like, future generations, like, more specifically, your your son's Russ and your daughter's Zenger, I wonder how that's going to affect their attachment to this stuff. The idea that, like, they don't have a physical copy of whatever their favorite movie is. No, I don't think the last thing any of my kids had was just a bunch of SpongeBob DVDs or something that they watch before they go to bed. And this was years ago. Yeah, they all they do is watch YouTube and stuff. And that's why I wonder. I just I wonder what like and we talk about like I, like I know the big thing is like how Marvel's the new Star Wars, but I wonder like what sort of emotional attachment the kids of today are going to have with Avengers Endgame, when it's just <laughs> it's something that they consumed momentarily, and there isn't that sort of like emotional stimulus. Of I have this movie and I can I can look at it on a shelf where that's how you do get that sort of connection to your favorite movies. 
I'm not not saying that there's a wrong way to wa- raise children and everything, but I think it depends on how the kids were raised and in what environment. They are raised with someone that's like a collector and likes to have that stuff. I think that that could definitely transition to them, or it could just be just whatever they have a preference towards. And also, the future could be to where there isn't much physical media anymore. But if you want a good physical media discussion, check out episode 172, <laughs> Digital versus Physical Media Video Games uh, on Zygnus. There's a discussion between me and Eric discussing, actually, ironically enough, the new Star Wars trailer, which was for, of course, episode 9. And um, <laughs> That's not us, outdated at all. Yeah, not outdated at all. And then us discussing... Um, Digital versus physical media when it comes to video games, but we do talk about stuff like Netflix and um, everything like that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to recommend that uh, episode also. One, just because the sound is so great, because Zanger made a fort out of the MCU uh, Blu-rays, and you can <laughs> tell the sound is just crisp, and it's right in there. It's great. I mean, I got to do something with them. The Marvel Blu-rays have fantastic acoustics, folks, if you arrange them just the right way. <laughs> Oh man! Nobody, nope. If you listen to the episode, though, don't tell Zenger and Eric how uh, Rise of Skywalker turned out. Don't spoil anything for them. <laughs> yeah, please don't spoil that for us. Um, but no, like I, you have to imagine it. Like you know how like they do the the studies, so, like they put people like in MRI and they like scan their like they they do like the brain scan and they show them like like pictures of Coca Cola, Ronald McDonald, and they see how like the brain reacts to these sort of like images and stimuli. I listen to a small portion of Knights of Vader, and it just is like we need to get them out of there now. <laughs> brain dead. But I, you you would imagine that like if you showed somebody like. Like their favorite movie that they purchased, like the first day it was available. Like, let's take um, Zenger and the first, like his, like uh, if he still has it, like the first copy of like Empire Strikes Back he ever had. Whether that be a VHSs are on are on my wall right now. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's I guess imagine if somebody did that though for Zenger. They gave him a brain skin. They looked at like how his mind like was working at that moment. Like, oh, looking at his copy of Empire Strikes Back, and he has all these memories that are attached to not just the movie itself, but like buying that copy for the first time and all just the kind of like peripheral memories around that. Yeah. Then they walk. Then they walk his kids in, and they see the same the reaction. They're like, oh boy, uh, let's. uh, No, but I these results. No, but I don't even mean in that sense to like comparing it like with uh, Empire Star Wars. But take one of Zenger's daughters and one of their and one of the older daughters, and you take to like one of their favorite movies. I would imagine that they would not have that same sort of just like brain chemistry to their favorite movie because they didn't have that physical experience with it. Like the thing about the first time, like let's say one of Zenger's daughters really liked um, what's a movie that one of your daughters Suicide Squad. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that that is actually one hundred percent correct. It's not not playing on like a, on um some thing in screen in this house. No, um, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Beauty Vera and the Beast. really likes Beauty and the Beast. Okay, you take that showing somebody a a digital screen of like the Netflix queue of Beauty and the Beast. I would imagine is a different psychological reaction. Uh, than- Jack, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Showing him in the Disney Plus queue. Excuse like me. Netflix Excuse has me. it. Yeah, I know, right? What a noob I am. Um, show, him a, show him a screenshot of the uh, Linda Hamilton TV show from the 80s with uh, <laughs> the Beast or whatever that was called. I don't really remember. <laughs> now, that's a reference, folks. If you have uh, Linda Hamilton Beauty and the Beast TV show on your Knights of Vader bingo card, I think oh, you might man. have a winner. Ding, ding. <laughs> God, please come forward to collect your prize. Um, He's trying to eat me. 
Um, okay, I think I've made my point loud and clear. Um, I have no idea where I started off with this and where I was going, but uh, I'm, I'm impressed. We're talking about Zanger's part. brain. Yeah, Zanger's brain. Every episode should revolve around that. His um, but, brain. But no, getting back to our thing about the Obi Wan Kenobi series, I guess what is like? What would you prefer, Russ? A TV show or a movie out of this? I wanted the TV show. I feel like the the movie almost feels like too much pressure. Like with Mando, even even the harshest critic, even even not saying that to you, Zach, but sometimes even you were like, I didn't like this one, but I really like this one, and this one was great, and this one was okay. I like, you know, I, I would want a little more because if they're if they're not going to do a trilogy of it, you know it. I think we would get a little more and maybe a little more care out of the TV show. All right, Zanger, what are your thoughts? I want to say TV show. So I feel like that's where they're going to keep going with this. Like that's, that's, that's the um, hill they're going to die on right now at Disney. Um, I don't think they're, I think they're going to avoid movies for a little bit. So, but I mean, on the plus side, we can have um, the tale of how Obi-Wan dueled a Jedi on tattooing after order 66. Oh God, you're going back to the YouTube videos again. I'm not, I'm not going back to such videos as, why Yoda disliked the clone troopers. Or the the Sith ritual Palpatine used below the Jedi Temple to turn Anakin. Guess what? I'm sold. Okay. No, I'm not, though. <laughs> oh, God, Sanger, you and you use crappy YouTube videos. It's just one channel. Just one show, no. Oh, no. It's Zanger's new channel. He's trying to pimp it on here. You better, I hope you cut the name out he just tried to say. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm glad Zanger brought up the point about the fact that clearly the, the Disney Plus is the, the hill that Star Wars is going to die on for better or for worse. Disney, too. Yeah. No, they're just... Oh, I don't even think about <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. I don't know. I'm sure some of your news involves all the uh, openings and park openings involving Star Wars, too, which I'm you know, not trying and to jump closings. the gun or anything. <laughs> closings? What, already? Oh, me. <laughs> no, okay, we'll Sorry. get to that. So, I, folks, I do that, have... too, is closed. Sorry. Hey, babe, they, the coronavirus is happening. Or the coronavirus. Oh, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, Ooh. I saw that ship just landed in Bayonne. It's probably like two-week old news. Anyway. Getting to the point with uh, Disney Plus and how everything Star Wars is going to be on there, I, I want on the record, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but in, in an instance like this, I feel I have to, is in the last couple of weeks, there was the a Disney earnings call where Bob Iger actually said Star Wars' future will be television for the next few years. And I, I am, again, I don't want to sit there and do this, but I want to give myself the pat on the back. Ever since the Rise of Skywalker was a box office disappointment, this was going to happen. And it's one of those instances where I'm glad I'm right, but the same like on a selfish level, but for the well-being of Star Wars on the big screen, I am severely disappointed. Yeah, I think they came out too hot. When you start putting your resources into making a movie a year, the way they tried to do with these side projects and all that, and you know, it just it, it burned itself out. I don't even think burning itself out is the problem. I think. Yeah, but think if they could put all the resources into just making the film. You know, they were, you know, like these people will be doing this one. These guys are doing this one. It it wasn't, you know, it felt like some of it was filming concurrently and some of it turned out to be a mess, like Lord and Miller. Well, I don't, I I don't agree with that because my, my thing is, I think the problem is that they just didn't. They were just, like you said, they were, I think they were pouring too much resources into these things. I think they would have been better off, oh, right, we're make, if they maybe had their, their ducks in order or ducks in a row, 
And then they said, okay, we're going with this for better or for worse. We're just, you know what, we, we, we plan this out for a year and a half, and we're going to go with it. We're not going to sit there and be reactive. And I think that's the problem with Star Wars and just Disney as a whole as a company. I think they're so reactive to just anything. Like, I think The Rise of Skywalker is proof of that. It's the idea of, okay, like Colin Madman Trevorrow is making Episode Nine, and then Carrie Fisher dies. And they go to him, and this is this is the conjecture, is they tell him, we want a page one rewrite of your story. And again, the gossip being that he couldn't he couldn't handle that. He could not handle writing writing her out of the story to such a massive capacity. And we all as we all know, come like September of 2017, they fire him. And then JJ is given two years to work on this. And you you get stories about how like Late summer, early fall, they were starting to reshoot massive portions of the film. And I think that's the problem is that you have JJ, whose answer to everything is to just reshoot it, reshoot your way out of a problem. And I think it sh- he should have been told going into this, like after the debacles of both Solo and Rogue One, that, like, no. Like you, you plan everything out, and unless you're going to do a couple of pickups here and there, we're not reshooting massive plot points of the film. I think that's the problem. I think they, I think they have to start locking things into place and being like, no, no, just spending, spending your way out of problems. And I think that's, I don't know if that happened on the Mandalorian. I would imagine it didn't. I would imagine uh, Favreau probably went in with more of a concrete plan. And I would imagine um, Favreau also knows how to tell the studio no, or at least he knows how to tell them no indirectly in a way that he's able to make something much more coherent. As much as I'm not, uh, I'm not too much of a fan of the Mandalorian. I think it's a much more cohesive project than the rise of Skywalker was. Yeah. And to quote the Madman himself, I lost the star war and that is, we'll get to that someday. Cause that might be the greatest line of dialogue ever. Ever, ever denied us, ever denied us that will, you know, that will be played out in some animated thing maybe 10 years from now is like a nod to this show. I I want to go to a convention where Dom Hall Gleason is there. I will pay how I don't care how much money he wants. I will pay him hundreds of dollars and I want him to say, "Hi, this is Dom Hall Gleason. You're listening to Knights of Vader and I lost the Star Wars." I want that so badly. Oh, that's a I good one, it. and I, I'll, you know, man, you better just hope his career really tanks, and uh, it could be <laughs> possible. He probably do it on cameo in five years if he, I don't know, punches a prostitute or something. <laughs> <laughs> that got dark real quick. No, <laughs> that's just trying to think of a quick demise for him. I don't know. He has to fall hard to be saying that for us. So let's, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. Maybe a celebration. <laughs> Maybe one celebration will he'll, he'll come to one of those. I can I can do that then. He punches a, like a crippled person that <laughs> dresses emperor, and he's like, "I thought it was a costume." And he's like, "Nope." Oh my god! Um, all right, I love then. how this gradually gets better. <laughs> it gets better. By that I mean, time. it gets worse. Oh my god! Um, but yes, I want that. Like, we'll, we'll get to the Colin Madman Trevorrow script, which I, I want to say I finally have that. And I'm were not, we supposed to read that before we no, recorded? No, I have. God I read dang it! it. Oh, you read yeah. the whole thing? Yes, I read the whole thing. Oh, no, actually, no, I freaking Is it story didn't. time? You'll know it's time to turn a page when you hear Zanger say, oh. God dang it. <laughs> okay, I has to say something. We'll, we'll get to that. That's probably going to be next week's episode. That should be a great episode where we we, t- we take parts and we read the Madman script, and but we'll tell people <gasps> it's time to turn a page when you hear. 
Well, this is Squidhead. He's from Star Wars. And or something. <laughs> That's a great idea, Ross. Doing a live reading of of you can the, get, rise, the Dual Fate script. Oh my look, god, I get, love that. You get Force Ghost Jim in. You get Rob in. You get everybody. It'll be it'd be it'd be a we, great great thing. We, we do it that. for the May fourth, May the fourth, or something. No. Or you, I know you hate it, but we can make it good. No, okay, I, that's a fantastic idea, and I, I want Zanger to do Ray, but doing it like in a Monty Python like women's voice, like a, a complete like the voice equivalent of drag, and do it Fine, the worst like cocky. So, so wait, so wait, you want me to just sit here and be like, I'm Ray, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the day. That's Mickey Mouse. That's Mickey Mouse. You got, you got, you got to work on that. You got to do like, uh, oh god, it's got to be like oh, more Cockney and horrible. Because Daisy Ridley is British, so you have to do more Cockney and make it sound horrible. Boy, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna, Look. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use the force. I don't oh know what God. the crap that was. Daisy Ridley's trying. It's it's Zenger's impersonation of Daisy Ridley trying to impersonate doing a man. That's clearly what it is. <laughs> Oi, General Leia, these pork. Wait, no, now she's a clown. I got it up. <laughs> it just slides into something else too simply. Wait, 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 wait. The wait. best part about it, because wait. no, oh no, I gotta do Leia. What? what? Okay, well, okay, you can do Leia too. There's only a handful. No, of no, because a dozen rolls. No, because remember, my 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 Leia's just like chain smoking. Yeah, yeah, she sounds like Rocky's like trainer or something. <laughs> yes, I got it in you. <laughs> You gotta use the force, Ray. You gotta get out there and use the force. <laughs> oh my god, like, folks. He's still yeah. my son. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually on my soundboard now. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, me coughing? No, it's not you. It's the Cajun demonologist. Moving on. <laughs> this, folks, this, this episode is gonna get us canceled. I, I always thought that if we could get away with the phrase Dylan Roof Terminator would be fine forever. But um, apparently we're gonna try. We're gonna push the envelope. Um, but yes, that's a fantastic idea, Russ. Doing a a live reading of the Duel of Fate script. That is, I I like that. That might be coming sooner rather than later down the pipe. <laughs> yeah, come on, Zinger, you get your kids in to be the droids and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? You get the little one to be BB-8, man. You're talking about. <laughs> oh, Babu Frick. He has a point. Be, oh, Babu Frick. Is he even in this script? He <laughs> <laughs> better be. I'll, I'll boycott it. I'll tell him they can't make this movie if he's not. Zach's in it. like, I've already called the Oracle. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Um, I have a question. Do you think we're going to get the Oracle scene on the Blu-ray? I don't think they're going to give us anything on the Blu-ray for any of that. They never. They I haven't done they anything. Man, the there's, there's no great documentaries about the making of or anything. Like you would think they would we go are, all in, but it's a it think things seem so messed up. They can't do stuff like that. We are we are getting a, a Rise of Skywalker making of because in the credits, I was I remember when last time I saw Rise of Skywalker in the credits it says like behind the scenes like documentary director like credit by. So there is going to be a I don't know how informative it's going to be or how superficial, but we are getting one of those. Yeah, I'm gonna probably end up doing an unsolved mysteries episode of the dude's death on like my show in a while. Like I don't know, like they 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 make that guy disappear. <laughs> Un- uncover like uncovering unresolved mysteries is definitely going to cover it. I promise you. <laughs> Um, okay, one thing I do want to bring up, and I'm not sure how much uh, Zenger and Russ followed this, and I think I've hinted at it in the last couple of weeks, is the the tale of the early released copy of the Art of Rise of Skywalker book in South Korea. Oh, God dang it. 
And why have we not seen it all? Did nobody buy it at all? Well, no, don't worry. Zach's going to tell us right yes, now. I have a conspiracy. I have a fantastic conspiracy. And considering that I am uh, talking to one of the hosts of the Unbelievers podcast, I figure there's no better person I can get a, uh, I all can right. run this off of. All right. So this is, this is okay. I want everyone to put their tinfoil hat on at home because this is, we're getting into the deep end here. God dang it. Mine's tight. Yes, it is. Okay. So like, I, I think this was like back in like, what mid January that on Reddit and Twitter, people were claiming that the art of the rise of Skywalker book got released early in South Korea, despite the fact that it got delayed by like three months everywhere else in the world. And when I saw this happen, I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I love when things get like released early and there's like that sort of just like hullabaloo that goes around something like this. So the first thing I did was I went to eBay typed in art of rise of Skywalker book and there were no listings. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, that makes sense. They probably all like sold out immediately. Then I went to like the feature that tells you like sold listings and not a single copy has shown up on eBay. Wow. And I'm like, that's weird. How does like a, like a hard to find like Star Wars item like that, that clearly like, you know, like if that existed, like people will like would spend hundreds of dollars getting an early copy. And so while this was happening, he's like, everybody saw, I posted it in the Knights of Vader Facebook group, Zanger and Russ have seen it. A bunch of pictures from the art of book, like were posted to social media. And I, and like, everyone's like, Oh, the, the entire book is online. And yet only about like 50 to 75 images made it online. And is anybody who has any of those art of books, whether it be force awakens to solo, those books are like 250 pages, like minimum long. And yeah, like, has there been has there been an image of the actual book, like the cover itself? I am so glad you asked that question, Russ, because one of the first things I did was I'm like, wait, I want to see like the cover because I know like yeah, they're always up- striking and, and you know make you want to buy them. That's probably why I own them all because I was like, I have to own this. Yeah, and so. I looked up previous copies of the art of books that were published in South Korea, and what they did is the words art of are in Korean, but the rest of the title, like the Star Wars logo in like in the middle, it says the title, whether it be Force Awakens or Last Jedi, that part's in English. So I went scouring Reddit, scouring Twitter, and I couldn't find any images of the front cover or the back cover. And then this is where my conspiracy starts coming into play, because about a week after these images started getting like leaked online, somebody posted a thing saying, oh, the publishers and like bookstores in South Korea were being told, were instructed to pull all copies and destroy them. And I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, A, how does this book get out so early, especially if everywhere else in the world it was it was shelved? And then two, why are they destroying copies of this? That just sounds like, like I, of course, with any sort of unreleased media, they're going to fundamentally alter. That makes sense. But like, why wouldn't they just destroy the copies before they were released? Why would it take it getting released for them to then issue this like retroactive gag order? And once that happened, the 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 the, the pulling it from shelves, I once again went back to eBay and I searched up and down, and there were no listings of it, both for sale or like had been sold already. So my theory is I think somebody in publishing in some publisher overseas in, in the Eastern hemisphere of the world, I think got had a, a proof copy 
or an early copy took a handful of pictures and in order to kind of like save face they probably didn't lose their job i think the story was spun that it got leaked to bookstores because i even went to south korean i looked up a bunch of south korean booksellers in their website <laughs> and i went through like hundreds of pages looking for this book i even looked for the translation of art of to make sure I had it right. And I found all the other books. I found Force Awakens. I found Last Jedi. I found Solo. I found Rogue One. I did not find even a, a like a saved like page on like three or four different South Korean booksellers' mm. websites. So I am convinced that this book was never released in South Korea for sale. And somebody in publishing got a copy. Because in some of the leaked images, the 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 subtitles and the captions do say I'm sorry, they are written in South Korean. So I do think that a South Korean copy of the book got leaked, but I never think it got released to the public because it never, I never saw any proof of it. I'm sold. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jones. No, I I like that theory a lot because yeah, we would have seen an image of it or something. So what do you think that one that just one guy got? Like, how does that even that it is really weird. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it, it ever shipped like in a big batch to them at all. Just like maybe it was sent to some kind of publisher or something. The guy who had to actually translate it maybe is the guy who had it. I think because, because clearly I think that book was, they had, there has to be copies of that book out there somewhere because I think I've said it before on here in just case I didn't, I pre-ordered both the visual dictionary and the art of rise of Skywalker book at the same time on December 2nd. And when I did that, it said your like tentative release date for this stuff is that Friday when rise of Skywalker came out on December 20th. And then I remember my visual dictionary shipped and I'm like, wait, aren't, why aren't they shipping the the art of book and it wasn't until then like three days before the film came out that it said like oh it's delayed until the end of march so for some reason between like december 2nd and december 17th they delayed the book and yeah, i don't know that's probably you. when a lot of those that's probably when a lot of those uh disney cuts going above jj's head happened and maybe there was a lot of mention of of course the classic scene where the oracle blesses ray you know that like my art <laughs> might be in there they have to word it differently so it doesn't sound like they alter the movie which to a lot of people it sounds like they did yeah and that's that's the thing now i'm thinking is that like clearly they must have had some copies of this book published because you can't like i don't know what the print run of one of those books is i don't know um like it has to be at least fifty thousand copies and there's no way that they would start printing those less than three weeks before release which means there has to be copies of this book floating around somewhere um like kind of like probably they were probably destroyed but at least probably a handful of them fell off the back of a truck at some point and uh, that's probably what the south korean book was it probably was one copy that someone was able to smuggle out of some like before they got incinerated or shredded and that's so it probably exists i'm not doubting that it existed but i don't think it ever got released to the public like erroneously yeah, some nerdy guy whose cousins in the Yakuza has got like a stack of them, and he's like, all mine. But going back to the thing about the Oracle, though, because one of the pictures from the Art of Rise of Skywalker book was a it, – it was not a artist rendering. It was a still, and it shows Kylo Ren coming up to the Oracle – sitting in a lake or some body of water and you can see vader's castle in the background and it's the exact same background that we see in the beginning of the film so jeffrey tambor his character (laughs) okay (laughs) i want to i want to die on that hill guy i i just don't have the the guts to go ask him on twitter i i think he's been forgotten in the star wars world jeffrey tambor or jeff garland 
you know, they're the same guy, right? That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> Carlin. The sixth and one half dozen the other. Um, but no, but like that's the weird thing, though, is that like why would JJ cut that sequence of the movie? Like what what happened? Because we have those leaks. I know Russ, you and I talked about it, that like Kylo talks to the Oracle and the Oracle like points him in the direction of the Wayfinder. And it's like what what was happening in that that just set JJ off? Like Rise of Skywalker isn't a long film. It's like two hours and like ten minutes long. So with a three minute sequence adding some lore to the movie, would that would that have been that detrimental? Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it one of those things where like guys, does he need to go through four steps to do one thing? Can he just go find it? Like we can just hack this off and you know, that 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 does sound like going up above JJ Chop and stuff unnecessarily. Yeah. I have to ask Russ, what's your opinion on like who do you think butchered the rise of Skywalker? Was it JJ? Was it Kathleen Kennedy? Was it Alan Horn and Bob Iger? And yeah, I think your... it was Horn and Iger. He's up right there. I think they 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 have some kind of guy or something. I mean, they uh, they probably never say who it actually is. Who who they might have uh, their ear. Uh, but yeah, it's somebody that they feel they can go above him and make a make a clear decision. It's someone who doesn't want to actually do it, but will. It's probably Spielberg. <laughs> he's always he's had it out for him for a while since the purchase, so he might just be trying to screw it up. But that's that's the weird thing about this, though. It's like why, like why hire a director and go through all this effort of planning a movie out just to meddle with it in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, Last Jedi nerves. I don't. I don't know. They seem to be, be trusting before, but we don't. You know, we we don't know what they actually well, how they actually feel about him. I think J, they brought JJ back to 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 appease the fans. The that that uh, which is a, is a is a weird thing to think, but I, I think that was the the reason behind it. And they gave him a lot of money. I don't think he really wanted to do it either. But that's the weird thing, though, is that JJ was hired months before the Last Jedi came out, so it couldn't have been that. Yeah, to, I don't, to, I, to apologize for the last—that's the weird thing. Everybody thinks that JJ came back to apologize for the Last Jedi, but he was—he was hired months before the film ever came out. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't think he—he he betrayed the Last Jedi in in many ways. I think it was just natural progression of the movies. Like, as far as the Luke scene and stuff goes, which is probably the biggest one you could point to. Maybe ignoring Rose was a little thing, but yeah. I don't know. It's just there's there's so much about the Rise of Skywalker that I just like I. I it's such an enigma of a film to me. It's so like there's something came out recently. Cause I think it was, I forget which outlet. It might've been, might've been vanity fair had a piece about like the, vi- like the pre visual effects, like how they, they do the things like when it came to like uh, the force or not uh, the flashback of Luke and Leia sparring while training, they showed some other stuff of Ray in the cockpit of red five after the battle of Exegol. And they explained how like they had to digitally insert, um, Dirt and grime on her face because they didn't have a shot of Ray leaving Exegol. That's yeah. I, I almost honestly, I had actually forgotten that Ray was in Red Five again. I really need to watch <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Well, it's Walker again. Uh, boy, good thing I'm gonna. I own Disney Plus, so I'll just own it. Of course, I'll buy it on physical media. I'll be able to finally have that last hole in the fort c- closed of my Star Wars uh, Blu-ray collection. It's not quite an MCU, but of course, like going back to that, I'll definitely own this on physical media with all Star Wars. But that's the thing, though, is that, like when they say that they didn't have a shot of Ray leaving Exegol, is that true, or is there something else that happened at the end of the movie? Because if you think about, 
if you think about the end of the Rise of Skywalker, Ray, Ray, uh, Ben Solo brings Ray back to life. She kisses him and he collapses. And if you look at that sequence, it's clearly been reversed where she lays him down, uh, she pulls him up and they reverse the footage. If you look at Adam Driver's hair in that moment, it's comical how, uh, how unnatural it looks when uh, he falls down. The but force. You know, sure. It's, but you have that moment and. Ray kind of like she sees his clothes kind of like when he like his body disappears and the clothes kind of collapse upon themselves. And the next thing we know, we're back like during the space battle or the the aftermath of like watching all the stro- like star destroyers collapse on Exegol, and we see Red Five just like flying. So there's no sequence of Ray doing anything. Like that's the weird thing about like the ri- the ending of the Rise of Skywalker is that not that you expect her to mourn for Ben Solo. I I'm not that person. I'm not expecting her to do something. But it's so weird that you don't like you have this super emotional moment in Star Wars of of the the hero and the villain having a romantic embrace, and then it kind of the movie just ignores it or just drops it completely. Like, think about it. Like, you look at Return of the Jedi, Luke and Vader have their reconciliation as, like, as they got, let me take my mask off, but you'll die. Nothing can stop that now. And then you have that, and then you have Luke flying out of the Death Star on the Imperial shuttle, and then we have the funeral pyre of Vader's body. And you would think, not, and I don't want that for the sake of nostalgia, but you do think there would be some level of. I don't want to say like like Ben Solo becoming one with the Force or some level of just I don't know. So you're saying it's like if Luke flew down to Andor and was like, "Come on, let's round up these final scout troopers," and he went on like one, you know, like bring it home again. How heroic he is, kind of. Yeah, kind of it's it feels like considering that like the the idea of the hero and the villain coming together in a romantic way is such a novel idea for star Wars and it happens. And then the movie essentially ignores it. And I don't even want to say ignores it. It drops it. And it's like, okay, like shouldn't there, and that's the weird thing about the ending. Like she sees Luke and Leia is force ghost and you don't see Ben solo. And that's just like the nostalgia, like concerning that JJ is such a slave to nostalgia and Disney as a corporation is also so devoted to it. You think it would be so easy to just be like Adam Driver, just go in front of a blue, like go find some blue shower curtains, have someone take a picture of you, and just we'll throw it into the movie, or just take any other footage they have of him. Like that's the weird thing is that like where where is Ben Solo in that sequence? Like, it's like in the rest of the film because there's no, like even um. I know I see it on Twitter a bunch, part of the the Raylo community. But it's the idea that like when uh, Finn and Poe see her like landing, they kind of look surprised, as if they kind of for, like they forgot about her. They're like, "Oh, Ray's here, cool." Hey, hey, oh, hey guys, Ray survived. She she didn't. Eat, uh, th- thanks. Our, she, <laughs> our most powerful fighter is here. I um, I honestly forgot she was in this fight, guys. Well, it's true. Like, even think about like at the end of Jedi, where like Le- like uh, uh, Han is bandaging Leia's like wound on her arm, and they see the Death Star explode, and Han turns around to Leia, and he's like, "I sure hope Luke wasn't on that thing." And like, shouldn't someone have been like during the Battle of Exegol, we have thousands of star destroyers collapsing onto the planet? Shouldn't someone have been like, "Oh, okay, after we saved Finn and Jana from the collapsing star destroyer, maybe someone should have checked on Ray." Like, I'm not going down there. There's a monster. <laughs> monster mash might suck the daylights out of me next you seen um, that lightning that was him 
that's my thing though is that like there's such a disconnect at the end of this movie like that's that's the odd part of it all yeah it is kind of dr frankenstein together a lot i, I will say that and, and yeah there, and that's a weird thing about you know especially when you own it on blu-ray and digital you're gonna be able to watch it over and over and it's gonna stand out even more and what stands out to me a lot is that was it you zach you posted that video of those raylos screaming at the screen oh it's delightful it's, it's delightful oh my god now every time i watch that those those girls are going to be just screaming in my ear i love okay i want on the record i think i told rob this but i don't think i've said it on on the show is that if i could have the intro to this podcast every week be instead of the the vader saying impressive most impressive and have the teenage girl screaming i effing hate star wars if i could have that as the intro every week without pissing the audience off i would because i think that's where we are now as a culture of star wars fans like everything is going to incite everyone i just and i find that very morbidly amusing and i don't know why it's going on the soundboard all right look for it i don't know in two weeks whenever you have me again yes yes i i look forward to hearing that <laughs> um but yeah it's it's I, I don't know the rise of skywalker it's such a fascinating movie like i would definitely put it up there like in the pantheon of other like blockbusters that are like inexplicable to a like a degree like i think it's up there with a batman v superman just like not like on a quality level i mean just being like oh clearly this movie was meddled with and you can like it all you want but the people in charge had a problem with this movie and they just ran out of time to make it work yeah maybe disney just needs to like lock down the 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 hatches and and so we don't know all this going in because that's a super detriment to watching it because not knowing a lot of that stuff going in it's a different experience so maybe you know maybe the the common star wars you know someone who's not as deep in as us maybe they will appreciate it more maybe that's why this did get a lot of praise not a lot of rewatch but a lot of praise a, a good bit you mean the rise of skywalker yeah well that's like i don't know though because I was, I, I've been talking to some listeners of the show, and it's the idea of I, th- I think they've been asking, like, are you going to do a fixing the Rise of Skywalker episode in the same way that like Zenger and I have fixed the prequels? We we fixed a bunch of other things, and I I think we could do an episode like that, not out of any sort of like vindictiveness or like oh we could do it better, just more of like a mental exercise and being like oh like if we were put to that position, we had that much like pressure on us, how would we react to it? And it's the idea that. I can't imagine anybody saying The Rise of Skywalker is their favorite Star Wars film. Like, don't be wrong, there's gonna be some people, but I mean, like, in the same way that, like, you have the original trilogy fans always cling to Empire. The prequel fans always cling to Revenge of the Sith. And then you have a new generation, you have a a different generation that's always gonna cling to The Last Jedi. I do, it's kind of like, and I know John Justice has said it before, in, in before the movie even came out, that uh, Rise of Skywalker really is the attack of the clones of the sequel trilogy. It's this movie that's just kind of, it's all over the place. It's trying to do a million different things all at once, (laughs) and it kind of collapses under its own weight by the end. Yeah, and you get to see a lot of in-atmosphere Star Destroyers, right, Sanger? Yeah! And for the record, John Justice did not say that the film collapses under its own weight. That's me. He he made the profound assumption before the film came out. I'm the one that's adding the 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 the, the, the weird quasi bizarro superlatives to it. I think there were a lot of letdowns too. Not having uh, Hayden show up 
Yeah, I think a lot of people were looking forward to something like that, and that that could have that could have pulled a lot of people in. It would just take in a minute. But I think there is that. And again, I don't want this to become another like Rise of Skywalker discussion. But I think the idea is that I think by having I think Hayden Christensen is such a uh, oh god a concentration of people who hate the prequels and i think if you brought him into this movie it's part of that disney market research bullet bullet point list filmmaking i think they felt if they brought hayden christensen into the fold it would it would piss the people who hate the prequels off like going back to the episode we did of uh the star wars survey there is a contingent of the fan base that likes the sequels more than the prequels they just do. They just they just they have that royal like rage hard on for the prequels to this day. And I think I think Hayden is one of those unfortunately one of those just actors characters that if you brought him into the fold, it would just it would set people off. Imagine that imagine that same Raylo hater video of those girls, but it's Hayden kissing Luke and Leia's ghosts on the head. But they're still <laughs> screaming. They're still just screaming about uh about Ben and, and Ray, but you just have Hayden Christensen in there at the same time. I love that. I would love that. Like that's I, I think I again I don't want to be this person that's like narcissistic, but I know at one point I was somebody asked me like how I think the movie would end. And it was the idea of like Ray waving goodbye is like all the force ghosts enter the netherworld of the force altogether. And I think if you had a moment of like all the Skywalkers, you have Anakin, Luke, Leia, and Ben, and they're all like, and they're all kind of like on the horizon. And whether it be Tatooine, and she and she buries the lightsabers. That's sure. Let's just include that for the sake of consistency. It's I think having that idea of like Ray being the new era of Star Wars, waving goodbye to the Skywalkers, and by waving goodbye, I don't mean literally, but just the idea of them like all just like vanishing into the void. Yeah, it I could think, have been like the uh, could have been like the end of Poltergeist, and then Alara's homestead disappears in a flash, and they all go. <laughs> sure, maybe a little a little less malevolent or like of a of, of thematic. And then you could be level. like, uh, fun fact: uh, Spielberg directed that segment, even though he didn't uh, technically direct uh, uh, Poltergeist. Hey, hey, if you know your poltergeist history, you know that Toby Hooper essentially just kind of sat in the corner on the production of that film. Spielberg's like, Toby, no. I well, know Toby I hired Hooper, you. he would be sitting in the corner for this one as well. <laughs> he could be a force ghost too. <laughs> he could like, the parade. A real one, like then he's gone from Hollywood. <laughs> he's he's part of the force ghost parade. He's between uh, the Wampa's arm and the sail barge. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, like I said, Rise of Skywalker, it's gonna be a fun movie. I, I I think it's fascinating that we're getting all this like episode nine stuff, like all of a sudden. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a bunch of people, like any sort of like movie in Hollywood, you get hired for a job, and then like once the job is over, a lot of people get let uh, laid off because they're just not needed anymore. And I wonder if you have a bunch of disgruntled production people, and that's why we're getting all these leaks, whether it be Colin Trevorrow. Um, the 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 book leaking, the art of book, all this stuff that's just coming out of the woodwork. I think that it has to be that. It has to be a bunch of people that are have been working at Lucasfilm on that that were hired to work on the sequel trilogy back in like 2013 are now being let go because their services are just no longer required, and that's why all this stuff is just getting leaked. Sure, and then there's just like a big break of bad robot from Lucasfilm. I mean, from Disney essentially, where they're gonna yeah. go, where they're gonna go do some um, some WB stuff, and yeah. they're they're out. So you know, whatever. But the only thing I have to say about that though is that bad robot wouldn't have access to any of the Colin Trevorrow stuff. 
Well, they okay, maybe they would. They'd have some access to it, but not as... Yeah, they came in, they were like, we got all this. Go, go, go. Because they, they probably got everything, and they threw a bunch yeah. out. Yeah, they probably did. Now that I think about that, it's probably not right to say that. But it's, I don't know, it's just weird that that's the specific stuff that we're getting. Like, we've, we've gotten more information about Colin Trevorrow's version a month after the film's release than we did during the two years where his script sat on a shelf. Yeah, and I'll say every droid in Star Wars is better than that stupid bad robot logo. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, all right, going. anything else about The Rise of Skywalker? Zenger, do you have any, any insights into any of this, or do you want to move on? Uh, I've been reading some of the script, and I think we need to do just scenes from this, because, good God, <laughs> it's a lot. But I found out how to do all the stage direction. Oh, um, narrator, there we go. It's going to be Lucas narrating. We can make Lucas narrate it. Not the girl we last saw. A grown woman. Powerful. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> have, have read it through the speaking spell. Yeah, of course. Why not? I mean, it sounds great. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't love to hear this? Ray spins and blocks a laser blast we didn't see coming. Her. <laughs> Robes fall from her shoulders, revealing a battle ready. Outfit of all black. It's it's. I know that's the stunt. Darth Racine or something? No, no. That, that's 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 actually the introduction of her. That's oh, when wow. she's wearing the Luke Skywalker outfit, where she has like the all oh, black and like okay. the like pin pack part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the chef coat. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Do have some other voices that you can technically use too. Microsoft Sam. Hold on. Okay, I'm I'm done with this. Zanger, do you remember the episode of the Substitute Order sixty six? Zanger, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer I think it's like Maggie goes to like the like Oh god, the advanced daycare or preschool where they give him like she has like the 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 frog that spells things out and yeah. Homer just used it. Oh my, er, we need that. We need that to do the the narration. I'll, I'll of the go stage through the cues. voices of the stuff I have on here and see if I can find something. Uh, boy, <laughs> all right, all right. Going back to a uh, Star Wars news. Um, Okay, I raised the Bob Iger thing. All right, Bob Iger also said that they're considering Mandalorian spinoff shows for characters featured in the Mandalorian. I heard that. And who who is the spinoff character coming from Mandalorian? I, I don't Cardoon. get that. Cardoon. Cardoon. I Has guess. Cardoon. Has to be Cardoon. Or it would be uh, Ming Na Wen's character. Oh, right. The the girl who uh, did one thing and died. <laughs> Or, or, hey, we don't know, because we don't know what Mandalorian 2 brings us, and we might see who that uh, that mysterious stranger was. And, and and you know that that cowboy man's going to add some of those Clone Wars guys in there. I think that's all coming in Season 2. I think, the more I think about the Mandalorian, I find it so weird that we got Death Watch. I find that so weird that we actually got Death Watch in live action before we got anything like think of all the stuff from clone wars that you could pull into live action or even rebels and we got death watch yeah and i i enjoyed how they did it too i'm really psyched for season two at least we have something we don't do we know anything so this is a news update do we know anything about calrissian uh endor 
Well, there was a rumor going around that was shot down that apparently Lucas might have been involved in that, which I didn't even know about. But apparently it's been shot down by like an ABC reporter that that's not the case. I don't even think Cal Rizian Endor is shooting anytime soon. I have not even heard a uh, tentative yeah. start date for that. He's going to be so old by the time they do that. It's going to be like, dude, you're going to like talk in him or something. He's going to look too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah I usually de-age him. Yeah. It's going to look like the Irish man, and it's going to be, you know, five, you know, not good. Yeah, I don't know about Calrissian Endor. I still think that was that is a very misguided, uh, even though I like uh, Diego Luna, I still think the idea of that show is just misguided. It's it's just, it feels so reactive. It's like, oh, what's something that people like from Star Wars, like the Disney K2SO, era? they love the droid, and we can have his origin, but it can't be about him. We'll make it about him. It'll be great. In, which, in, in concept, I kind of like it. It seems like more a story about, you know, the rebels at that time, or at least before Rogue One and the buildup of the Rebel Alliance. And that's interesting, but it seems like that's, yeah, like you're saying, that's just something they just threw out there. So we just go, oh, cool, awesome, it's coming. But I haven't heard anything. There's no nothing about it. Yeah, and I think that's the weird thing. Is that, like, I don't know how much interesting stuff Diego Luna and K2SO can do. Like it, it's like yeah, I, I would imagine they'll have like like shenanigans and misadventures. I don't doubt that for a second, but I'm just kind of figuring out like what what could they do? It's like like they can't be stealing imperial <laughs> plans every week. So sure, like it, but also we got that show. It's called Rebels. So right. I don't know. And plus, we we know the like I don't know. Like I know in Rebels they talk about the the rift between Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma, and it's like okay, could maybe. Diego Luna, Cassie, and Andor start off with Saw Gerrera and then maybe slowly work his way to the Mon Mothma side of the rebellion. Maybe we see him go from the extremist to more the level-headed rebel. Possibly that could be interesting, seeing him grow as a character, going from being less of a radical to being more uh, level-headed. I, I would like to see that show if if you have to make a Cassie and Andor show. Um but I just don't know how you have them do that because I think it's really weird introducing, reintroducing the character as a quasi terrorist, and a guy you know dies like very. You know, well, in a, in a very, that could that could be. I, mean, said I guess for you could work with that. Wars. Yeah, that's true. The way it, they back engineer all this stuff, but. But I, don't know, I, I mean, I can technically t- now when I watch um anything, I know Luke dies, I know Han dies, and I know Leia well, dies. And that ruins my viewing experience now because I know that they die eventually. It, it ruined your childhood, right, Zinger? Yeah, sure. Why don't, why don't we go with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's my thing, though. It's like, I can still hear Kathleen Kennedy being like interviewed on the red carpet for Rogue One. They're like, oh, is there going to be a Rogue 2? And she's like, no. <laughs> There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no future for any of these characters. And like, cut to it's like, a, it's like a SpongeBob cutaway gag. Three years later, we're making Cassie and Andor TV show. And it's like, wait, was anybody asking for this? Like, everybody wants an Old Republic movie. They want the Old Republic movie so badly. And it's like, nope, we're giving you Cassie and Andor, and we're gonna give you the High Republic. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna do Star Wars during a time period that nobody really cares about because that's exactly what the fans want. Yes, we want you know very very classy stand up things, no weapons at all. We want to just see decorum and protocol. Be wonderful. Good God, I want the West Wing, but Star Wars. You got that, Zinger. It's called the Phantom Menace. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, st- and guess what? In the uh, High Republic movie, instead of having Baby Yoda, we're going to have Middle Age Yoda. 
<laughs> oh, Teen Yoda? I mean, that exactly. Yoda. Yes, exactly. We had Baby Groot. Now we're going to have, we had Teen Groot. Now we're going to have Teen Yoda. He's going to have like a earring and go listen to, <laughs> to, to, to death sticks. He has his AirPods in. Yeah. And they're huge. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's funny. Um, yeah, cat. Uh, I don't know the TV show stuff. I I don't know who you other than Cara Dune. Is there, can you guys think of anybody else you want to spin off from uh, Mandalorian? Um, I mean, if if you had to, maybe you could go with. He's trying to eat me. I don't know, them, but that seems just—he's too. It's everything in it seems too centric to the Mando himself, and the way we left Cara Dune is her being like, "All right, I guess I'm just going to be a bounty hunter with Call Weather." Well, now. well, there's there's the whole like, how did her? Because there's the whole, oh my my chain codes got messed up or something. It's like, how did that happen? Well, now we can get the backstory on why she ended up what on if, that planet. And what if her and Calrissian and Endor were lovers, right? I mean, do the, does the ages work out? Would that make him a prevert or something? I'm not sure. She doesn't seem super young. <laughs> These possible. are the questions we need. Actually, to now that I'm thinking about it, you probably this is like what if you if Calrissian Andor is alive, what is that over ten years between the Mandalorian? So. Well, it's six years after Return of the Jedi, and you have, what, three years between A New Hope and Empire, and roughly a year between Empire and Jedi. Yeah, about ten years, so... Ten years. She's 20, he's, whatever, 43, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, somebody needs to call... uh, uh, It was a long time, it's a long time ago, guys. It's all right. Also, why do years work in... In, in a galaxy far, far away where there's multiple systems where planets revolve around their particular suns at different speed. And why am I explaining this? Yeah, I want to see a scene where Calrissian Andor looks at her and someone's like, what the hell, dude? He's like, uh, species age differently, just like in The Mandalorian, right? Ah. She's a uh, 53. <laughs> 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 oh, I have a question. Why is it in Star Wars? Like in the Rise of Skywalker, they're talking about like how much time they have before uh, Palpatine's plan goes into effect, and they're like, "Oh, we only have eighteen hours." Yet, like on Clone Wars, Mandalorian, maybe not Mandalorian, Clone Wars and like Rebels, they'll talk about time as in rotations of planets. Wait, they say hours in in Rise of Skywalker? I'm pretty they sure they do. They do say like eighteen Ooh. hours until. Now I, I was wondering that doesn't seem very Star Wars. I don't think that is a Star Wars thing. I don't think Han ever said I'll be back in fifteen, kid. Like well, they that... say, well they say it in a new hope. Like it's like Death Star is within targeting range in two minutes. Yes, that's true. That's true. But but I know like in the ancillary media, they I know in the Clone Wars they say it a lot. They use rotation as a unit of time. Like I know in the the Clone Wars movie, it's like Obi Wan's talking to Anakin. It's like Jabba's giving us only three rotations to get his son back, and it's like okay. That's uh, stomach rotations of Jabba. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zinger, do you have any ideas for a spinoff show? Um, I think the Cara Dune one's probably your your best bet if you want to bet on what they're going to do. Um, IG-11? Uh, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say it, and I'm like, no, because Zach's going to probably be like, what's wrong with you? Well, okay, this is my thing, though. When they say spinoff show... 
could they do something like where IG 11's involved in it though, but you see like the adventures of Bosk, you see Dengar. Could they do something like that where like it's not really a spinoff of the Mandalorian? It's just, we just have the some bounty of those hunters at bounty yeah, hunters more show. like a Tales of the Bounty Hunter kind of a situation I, with four LOM and all them. I think that would be an interesting idea. I would rather like that's the weird thing. I'd rather see a bunch of characters just like i rather i don't want star wars to ever focus on one character i think that's where star wars starts to lose sight of itself whether it be solo or the mandalorian i think i just want to have like a portal into like a part of the world and it goes from like place to place like like rogue one rogue one is not about a specific character it's about a specific time in star wars and i think something like you guys are saying tales of the bounty hunters i think that'd be a fantastic like like a Disney Plus show. I would love that. Whether it be animated or live action. Tales of the Bounty Hunters. And you have like Bosk shows up. Or it's not even just one time period. It goes maybe it goes to like what Bosk was doing post Return of the Jedi. Or what Aura Singh is doing during the Phantom Menace. And you do like you. Not that you jump around. But like it kind of just. It gives you a glimpse into like what Star Wars was like in different time periods. And you maybe introduce some new characters. Maybe like what Cad Bane is up to during the Galactic Empire. Something like that. I think that, that would is be interesting. I think you that, could you could have the thread of being, you know, and th- to think about it, Carl Weathers is older, and we know they can de-age, and if he's as bounty hunter guild, think of if they do things. You know, this is all happening post Empire. They could do Empire things. They have Vader cameos and stuff. It's just a suit and a voice. They 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 learned enough of Mandalorian. They can pony up and get James Earl Jones in there again. Yeah. If you can even do a story about like what could have happened to uh I know I have my my infamous not infamous when Rob think and I of, think about, of an think of an episode where they get they get Palpy back for once. He's like, I have a very secret mission to go hide this wayfinder. And he sends, <laughs> you know, some some bounty hunters out there, you know. Ochi. We could see Ochi the Jedi Hunter from uh, Rise of Skywalker. There you go. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Even you could do a story about like uh, a funny thing that happened on the way of delivering Han's carbonite slab to Jabba. You see something happens to Boba Fett. Maybe he runs out of gas. Maybe he's hungry for a, ca- a space candy bar. And like like a bunch of teenagers sneak into Slave One when he's filling up the gas tank and steal Han. And he's got to get back the carbonite slab. Like think about that. And they're, and they're using it for space beer pong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my line. Okay, sorry. I don't know if you didn't hear that. <laughs> Uh, that's what I mean though Like I think that would be more interesting The idea of just like showing a bunch of Star Wars characters doing their things Whether it be new or old or a combination of the two Instead of just focusing on One character Like flesh out the universe in a way That doesn't just like It's not just like the adventures of ba- Badass not Boba Fett man Well they, right. they can also have, yeah. have Cassie and Endor show up too Well like that's what I mean you could bring other characters in. Like, you could have an episode of, like, the bounty hunters trying to do something during the Clone Wars. And they're like, oh, we have to go to the planet of, I don't know, what's a Clone Wars planet? Uh, Christopsis. And it's like, okay, we can't sit there and do that because there's, like, like a thing. And you see, like, in the background or something, like, you can, like, I don't want to say Back to the Future Part 2-esque. But maybe you have, like, a, like we did in Mandalorian with Death Watch. You have a brief moment where it's like, okay, you see Obi-Wan Anakin during the Clone Wars. And not saying that they come in and have like their uh, like I don't know a cameo of the week where they come in for like five minutes, wait to the audience, and turn around and leave. But just something like you do that, where it's like, oh, they're in the background, like they play maybe some indirect role in the plot, like Death Wish did in uh, Mandalorian. 
Yeah, think of a great uh, uh, Aiden uh, and uh, Chewbacca canon, <gasps> like the incident at Ord Mantrell, and we can like they can they can canonize that. Just that's just been in old books, you know, the throwaway line, the bounty hunter Ord Mantrell changed my mind. You know, we could see whatever that they that they make that. You could also have Obi Wan show up and do like an Obi what Obi Wan was up to. Yeah, like an instead of doing an entire series where it's like you're going to draw stuff out and make it kind of, I don't know, stupid. But I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is that why not? Like if you're Disney and you're having a really hard time figuring out what this like super divided dumpster fire of a fan base wants, why wouldn't you green light an anthology series? You do like. I don't know, eight episodes and each episode features like a star Wars tale that either like focuses on one character we know, or just has them as a background character. And you make this and you see which stories, which characters resonate with the public and then take it from there. So instead of like shooting from the hip and making a young Yoda movie or making a solo Han Solo movie, something like that, I think would have been infinitely more, insightful for like helping them determine what direction they want star wars to go in this being like the kids will love a young han solo movie that's what they all want they want to see a prequel to a character that their grandfather loves as the executive is like chomping on a cigar and has like a like a a glass of like scotch like that's that's the weird thing i i that's the part of star wars that seems so rudderless to me like some of these decisions on how to approach star wars seem so obvious into trying to at least gauge what mass audiences want um because like I, the first thing i heard about the mandalorian spinoff thing was how are they gonna make a spinoff tv show about baby yoda that's what i was about to bring up now are, are we gonna meet the meet the yodas at the end of season two is there gonna be a payoff is is it gonna be just a, a spinoff series could be just the future jedi order post ray you know um you know early 20s yoda is is coming into his own and 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 it starts a thing you know you know you don't never know yeah i don't know cause you would you would imagine they're gonna try to mine as much stuff out of baby yoda as possible well, yeah, your baby Yoda will have a baby Yoda, maybe, maybe at that point, and then we're like, it, it'll, it, 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 it's even better. That's a teenage pregnancy scare episode of The Mandalorian season two, where uh, the Mandalorian has has the talk with baby Yoda. It's like, baby Yoda, when you have, when you reach a certain age, you start, your body starts having changes. So wait, would would it be at at the end of the episode? Since it's a very special episode, he goes and takes his helmet off, and he still has another helmet on. But he does. He takes. <laughs> He gets Baby Yoda's own helmet. It's Perfect. a small, ba- it's it's Baby Yoda sized. It has a little like little holes cut out for his ears. I'm really thinking they are actually going to go something where it, they are just Clan Mudhorn, and and then he does end up staying with him. Or we see Captain Casting Andor next season, and and some kind of weird Luke. Do you think we're going to see Cassian Andor in The Mandalorian? Wait, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 go with it. Well, go with it. What do you know that mind. I don't, Russ? What sort of insight? Are, are you, are well, you maybe, the leaker, Russ? Are you leaking well, the scripts on Reddit? What do you know, so, Russ? So Baby Yoda's alive. He has a Cassian really bad Andor's son. alive. Uh, maybe maybe he a spy mission and Andor finds Baby Yoda because Luke leads him there. And then they lose him to the dreaded Klaatu. I don't know. That baby Yoda's fifty years old. You can put him in anywhere. It's kind of crazy. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I, I could 
Um, what would okay? I'm gonna put okay. Much like I had everyone put on their uh, conspiratorial cap, I want everyone to put on their cynical cap for a second. Could would that on their Zach hat? Yes, everyone put on your Zach hat and Zenger. Uh, ha, ha, what's the fit of yours on your head? Oh, this one's pretty loose. <laughs> it's been worn a lot recently. Would they do something as audacious in Clone War Saved to have Baby Yoda show up in the Clone War Saved thing? Oh, absolutely. That's definitely they would definitely do that. To have it wouldn't be too hard to insert. Think about it, they maybe have- I have had Ahsoka must hide. You will. You know, like it. it, it that's going to be. That's the very special episode where Yoda has to like give it up of what the truth about Yaddle. I think that's what it's called. I still like that. I still love that quote. And I have to say, in previous episodes, I got the quote wrong. It wasn't Seth Green. It's Cowboy Hat Man. Cowboy <laughs> Hat Man has said, I asked George Lucas what was up with Yaddle, and he said, quote, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a fantastic, fantastic George Lucas quote. I'm going to make, can you imagine, like, I would imagine maybe Zenger can take it from here doing the George Lucas impersonation. But can you imagine, like, like Lucas is, like, in his office with his giant, like, like yellow legal pad and pencil. I'm going to make a female Yoda and put it on the Jedi Council. Uh, so, so everyone really liked the character of Yoda, so I, I decided to give one of them a wig. And then everyone just assumed it was female, and at that point, I was like, well, I can't argue with that. Oh, my pad tie is cold. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted everyone to know Yoda likes ladies. <laughs> Yoda has a case of the night. Yaddle, Yaddle, whatever. There's just Yaddle toys out there. There's action figures of Yaddle. Oh, yeah, action. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an action figure, it's just a figure. There's no action involved. He's trying to eat me. <laughs> Which is which would be a which is a more embarrassing Star Wars figure, the Yaddle figure or the Jow Yowza figure from Jabba's palace in the special edition, the little cockroach man that spits into the camera. Which is which is the more like like horrendous him, idea for sure. a toy? Him for sure. He was like I said, he was just nailed to the wall in the original Return of the Jedi. I, I, it's insane that they made him so prominent in that. It's he's terrible, total cartoon, terrible. I want that in Galaxy's Edge. Like, I want a little hologram of Zhao Yao's are, like screaming like at like there's a karaoke night at Galaxy's Edge and he's there. It was like a screaming. laser shooting ride you were on. He pops out and goes, <laughs> what need they? And you gotta hit him before he hits four or he starts singing. And he pops out. <laughs> now if you get him, the song stops and they play the original uh whatever Jedi Rocks. Oh my god. All right, folks, you've heard it here, folks. That's that's the equivalent of the uh, Han Solo Greedo shootout galaxies that Zhao Yaoza shows up, and, and you have a, a, a cast member in a bounty hunter thing has to pull has to shoot first to stop Zhao Yaoza from singing a karaoke night. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you see him, it's just like... <laughs> I'm surprised that's... Okay, because another piece of Star Wars news, because now I kind of want to transition into the theme parks for a second. Um, it was announced... Not announced, but it was announced for a while. But they put a video up of the Disney like, like Star Wars hotel and what that experience will be like. And I... Did you guys see this video? Yeah, it's loud, but yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Indeed, it is loud. Um, it's called the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. 
It will begin taking guests in 2021. I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're under, it's under construction already. And what it is is that like by spending an arm and a leg or a mortgage payment, or if you don't have either one of those, you just donate your firstborn child to Disney and they make it, they, they take that child into indentured servitude. You two for two nights can, uh, I don't even know how to even describe this. Like, it seems so uncharacteristically Star Wars. It seems less like the Star Wars hotel and more of the Canto Bite experience. Yeah, it's like Westworld meets Canto Bite, where you can, I don't know, you choose, they dress you up, correct? And you can yep. you can get a full immersive experience and different uh, themes of rooms and it fully immersive and access to the parks. Now, can you walk around the parks and what you get? Like, your, your, your full character? That's a good question. I, I wondered that myself. They could probably give you some kind of badge where you actually can if you're if you're putting out that kind of dough. But I don't know. Like part of that like, thing I was reading that, like you were saying, Russ, like it's not just the fact that you're staying in the ho- in the quote unquote Star Wars hotel, but there's also like experiences that are exclusive to the hotel, much like how at Galaxy's Edge, if you spend the two hundred dollars, you can like go into like the secret chambers and build your own lightsaber. I know they, they they talk about it in the video that there's give you like you get like on certain like portions of your stay, you'll get a tour of the um the bridge of the starship. And while that's happening, like you'll be intercepted by like a first order cruiser or like there'll be a resistance skir- a skirmish. And there's things like that. You also have abilities to, like, with your lightsaber, train with the training remote. And it's that sort of stuff that I'm like, oh, so if you want to have, like, the full experience of Star Wars, you've got to dish out. I I think I heard at one point, like, it was kind of, like, rumored that this would cost $1,500 a night. What? (laughs) Which which doesn't sound, like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to go down to Disney and if you're going to, like, do this right. That, that don't be wrong. It's in, it's a very high price, but that doesn't sound like insanely bad for Disney. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> is is Disney trying to eliminate the one percent by well, having them come to the theme park? I well, okay. I don't want to go too far into my my theme park understanding, but like they keep raising the prices. At all their theme parks every year, and they still like do turn away business. So, like, I can't blame them. Like, if you have an audience or, uh, oh God, a following that's insatiable and that's willing to pay anything, why not exploit that? Like, this is for once where I can't blame Disney. Like, if you have people that are willing to spend $3,000, if not more, what I, like I would imagine, there's gonna be people in this world that are gonna sit there, spend that money. Is like a I think about it. Like, uh, I I don't know. Like, let's say you, you're a recently married couple and you really love Star Wars and you're going on like and you like for your honeymoon instead of like taking a cruise somewhere or doing something like that. Why not spend like the six to like ten thousand dollars and have a once in a lifetime experience? Like if if you are going to sit there do that sort of thing, just you splurge like once in your life for something like this. Not saying it's something you do every week. I'm not saying it's the equivalent of going down like to the movie theater. Like I don't know. Like I would imagine it's the sort of thing you just don't do every single time you go down to Orlando, or if they ever build it. I think it's just in Orlando as of now. I don't know. Like it seems like if you like think of some of the the resorts at Disney, like some of those hotel rooms are insanely expensive. 
So the idea of $1,500 versus like 900 and for that additional $600, you're getting a, a robe <laughs> and a sword. <laughs> no, that's, I would imagine that's still extra. Russ. Yeah, you, you get the robe. That. You get the robe. Come on. Let's if not push you it. You get it's the regular white robe. You'd get at the uh, best Western. Eh? You just have to <laughs> pretend you're a Jedi with it. You walk in, you're like, oh, wow. They like, they monogrammed it for me. How they know my name was like, like Ben Washington. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's best Western, sir. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So you go to the lightsaber uh, equipment. It's, it's just a bunch of like, well, gift wrapping tubes and you get to paint. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the budget one. Actually, if you, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty probably haven't noticed this, but I've heard that there's also these bed and bre- breakfasts that are popping up around the area that are Star Wars themed. They're pretty pricey too, not nearly that expensive, to where you'd be saying, well, whatever, well, what? But they're they're trying to do the immersive experience where they give you rooms that are Naboo themed or Hoth themed, and 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 these are starting to pop up too. Where where's this? It's in Orlando. There's if you look up Star oh, Wars really? Bed and Breakfast, I read an article about it the oh, other day. Yeah, there's oh, a, there's a, hear about this. there's a fairly big one opening, but yeah, I, I, it seems completely unlicensed. I don't know how they're uh, doing it, but that, that's it's, perfect. You have the Hoth room, and it's just all of the freaking AC units broke, so it just won't stop <laughs> yeah. spilling out air. You got yeah, and there's the a wampa arm that comes through the arm. <laughs> yeah. There's a tauntaun half eaten in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's your sleeping a, bag. <laughs> there's uh the the tattoo i mean t- uh, yeah um that that room where that's just outside just, tatooine just, yeah. room is just a beach <laughs> hey to be fair the hoth room sounds pretty nice in like central florida oh, like, yeah. like 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 that sounds pretty nice i wouldn't mind staying in the hoth room in orlando that sounds you know what i, I would take that right now what are you guys' opinion on this? Like, like the Star Wars hotel. Like, is that something that's just solely for the one percent of society, or it is that something like it, that you splurge and feels, do? It feels like something you. I would love to splurge and do. Probably will never get to, but I would just. I would love to just. You know, I don't know what happened. If someone dies, I win the lottery. I don't know how it's actually happening right now. Uh, but yeah, of course, I would love to do it. You, and, you, you get that T-shirt money. <laughs> I'm working on it, man. If I can get, oh man, if we get enough, oh, enough of that going, yeah, I'll definitely just go. I'm doing a report from here and just have it <laughs> in my life. Perfect. Buy a T-shirt, send Russ to a Galaxy's Edge in the Star Wars Hotel. Oh, I'll wear that white robe and the the, the Remember Alderaan T-shirt. It'll be <laughs> worth it. Russ tries to sneak in one day wearing a Best Western robe he stole from across the street. <laughs> sir, you, sir, where's your three thousand uh, dollar proof of purchase? No, no, this is it right here. This is my unique character. He's he's a little crazy. It's my Jedi name. Russ tries doing the Jedi mind trick. It's like these are the robes you're looking for. <laughs> this path you do finely, and the stormtroopers are just so bored. They're like, yeah, we could do finely and go in. Like you got to give it a couple years, though. They got to get real jaded. They seem pretty. <laughs> jitty about everything right now so they're they're probably watching everything uh good old galaxy says all right zanger any, any any insights about this or a unique perspective no no i'm 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 excited for it i i would love to go to it i also would love to have the money to go to it but i mean there, there's there's a finite amount of things i can get in my life i think yeah, it it seems like i don't know the idea of like galaxy's edge doing the lightsaber thing that seems pretty cool and like really special the hotel seems like just doing it for the sake of doing it like i think it'll be really cool when it happens but it's like building a lightsaber in the disney theme park 
or I'm sorry, the Star Wars section of a Disney theme park, like underground, like it's really super like intimate and personal. That I get. But the idea of just going like that's the one thing I've always subscribed to the notion of like I've never understood spending a lot of money for a hotel room. Like if you're going on vacation, I'm not saying you, you like stay at like the motel that has like roaches crawling out of the ceiling. But it's the idea that like if you're going on vacation to like and I, something beyond just staying in your hotel room, why are you gonna spend money on something that you're barely gonna spend any time in? Like a lot of money that is. Okay, actually, here's a great example of something, and Russ can can attest to this. So, um, so I go to the Mothman Festival yearly. I, I knew you were gonna say Mothman Festival. I knew that was coming <laughs> up here. Why? Wait, wait. What? What? What was the, was the key thing that Russ was involved, or that it's just the thing oh, I no, go to? I, I knew the moment we started talking about hotel accommodations. I, I was expecting big guys. I go to this hotel at, and they have a special <laughs> Mothman package where there's moss in the room. So, so there's a hotel on the outskirts <laughs> of um of Point Pleasant. It's actually in Gallipolis, uh, Ohio. It's across the river, and it is a garbage stain of a hotel but god dang i'd love staying in it because you know what all i have to do there i just go there and go to sleep i don't really care about it otherwise but it's like the unbeliever hotel it's 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 that hotel ellie straight up said this year she was thinking about getting a different hotel just so she didn't have to stay in that one (laughs) like one that was 30 minutes away she's like that hotel is disgusting and i'm like i just go in there to sleep that's all i do there is i go I sleep, I wake up, and I go to Mothman. Yeah, that place is like a tenement. It, it, but you, you're not there. You're not there to hang out at the hotel. You know, it, it has a, pa- a parking lot and there's a bridge. And you, yeah, and, and there's that's a Bob that's, Evans, which that's what, I don't know. Depends on how you take that. There's a Long John Silver's too, but <laughs> <laughs> not helping. But Orlando, yeah, that's the same. I take that attitude too. I would want to stay at at a hotel connected to a Long John Silver in Orlando, probably the Star Wars hotel, if I could just go enjoy Galaxy's Edge because blowing so much money there, especially bringing multiple people and wanting to do that whole lightsaber experience, that that is the glut is to be able to do the hotel. If you can afford it, that's great. It sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm not even going to keep it in the in the realm of possibility. It's more possible to actually just go to Galaxy's Edge. That's the thing about Galaxy's Edge. I really, it's like, it's kind of the idea. It's like, again, somebody who's been to Disney a lot during my youth, it was like always bad enough to get in and like spend like the money to get into like, into the park. Then like you had to always like, my brother used to do that to us. Like kind of like tell us like, we used to sprint through the gift shop. Like like, no, no looking at anything. We're sprinting through the gift shop. Like, no, don't spend any money unless you have to. And that's the thing, though, is that the idea of, like, you're spending, like, 125 to, like, $150 just to get into the parks now. And then if you want, like, the full, like, the real McCoy experience, you have to spend money on top of that. So it's like, okay, you spend $150 to get in. You have to get a hotel room. You have to have, like, oh, God, transportation to and from the theme park. You have to spend money on, like, food and all that. And then if you want to have the real experience, you have to spend $200 for the lightsaber. But if you want the even realer experience, you got to spend, like, three grand on the hotel. And it's just getting to the point where it's like, I get staying in a nice hotel, but after a while, though, it's like a point of no return of just, like, the experience. It's like, how many Star Wars fans... Like, I would imagine if you polled Star Wars fans, most of them, like you guys already said, be like, you know what? I'd love to do the hotel, but I, even if I had the money, I'd be really, really hard-pressed to drop, like, 
like for my family, like Russ said, you, you don't just do it by yourself. Like I would imagine there's nothing more depressing than experiencing the Star Wars hotel by your lonesome. Oof. But it's like imagine spending tens of thousands of dollars just for like a two day experience. And like you yeah. said, the, a, ro- a robe and a like <laughs> uh, what a oh god. The only thing I have to say though is I've I've read stories about patents they've been doing for years when it came to like 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 an actual like functioning lightsaber. Not, fun, but like a simulation of a lightsaber. What would happen that if you if you only had this experience at the hotel, that you could have a real lightsaber that interacts with a training? Oh God, what's it called? What, oh God, what, what's the name for it? The training. Oh the God, training the, ball. Droid. Training ball. Yes, thank you. I was about to say droid. What would happen if they actually oh, made that like droid. a real experience? Like where you actually had like a real lightsaber, as in not like a yeah people a with the wooden helmet. ones. People with the wooden ones from uh, Galaxy's Edge would be outside beating the people that got them. Like that, that's insane. Like that you would put that up there. I mean, it's it's wonderful to think that that might actually exist. But who having the haves and the have-nots in one place with different lightsabers? No, <laughs> no, but I don't. But this is what I'm trying to say though: is that like, what if because the hotel, it's kind of like that thing, the Secrets of the Empire. The, the virtual reality thing. What if they made a super duper, like, like a simulation where it's, you, I don't know if you wear a headset or maybe it's like that, what's the word, a non glasses 3D where you actually have like a, a lightsaber and you can't take it out of the room because it's just based on the technology of how this experience works. And you can actually like spar with people or interact with the training ball. What if that that was part of the experience of having a authentic lightsaber movie experience, but it's exclusive to the hotel? Would that yeah. be worth the the fifteen to three thousand, fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars? Like more I'd say yes. speaking. That would definitely make it worth it, and definitely make me way more jealous of anyone who could possibly go there. I'm thinking about bringing. I got a fam, my wife and three kids. I'm thinking five of us at Galaxy's Edge. Somebody ain't getting a lightsaber, okay? And uh, uh, I claimed it first. I like Star Wars. I like Star Wars before all you. So you pick amongst yourself because maybe two others might get a lightsaber. (laughs) Okay, we're drawing straws, or or, or we're drawing a lightsaber. So if it gets destroyed, lightsaber doesn't get one. So, Sanger, what do you think about that? The idea, if you are going to spend $3,000, you get a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I would want a once-in-a-lifetime experience for something like that. Like, if I remember correctly, I think it was cheaper for me to go to um, do all the stuff when I flew down to Orlando and everything for the um, celebration, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, imagine now with the Twi'lek bathhouse. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it no, is in the hotel, right? We, we we don't talk, Russ. That you have to ask for that, like like on the down low. Like when you get to like oh, the yeah. concierge desk, just, you, you just can't you can't just go like like in front of their like front of the children and be like you have to ask the yeah. stormtroopers that are like yeah, behind he goes, the bar. You go what what do they have for daddy? And then they bring you <laughs> to a secret room. <laughs> All right, folks, we are really pushing the envelope. We are really the Twi'lek like bathhouse. That's a uh, that might be up there with Dylan Ruff to Terminator. That might be up there. Um. All right. Um, okay. Anything else about Star Wars Hotel Land, or can we move on? No, it's fine. All right. Well, I, I have, none of us here can afford it. No, so we, we will never be able to experience the uh, Twi'lek. You Bath know House. what? You know what? Why don't we all pull our money together and one of us gets to go? I'm it. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're sending nailed it. 
Oh, we're all sending we're sending Sanger to Galaxy's Edge to uh to experiencing it and the whole time he's at some like like weird like B and B or oh god <laughs> Airbnb. It's like guys, this Galaxy's Edge hotel is really weird. He's there and it's like Zanger, you're just like in a swamp. This isn't yeah. Zanger's like it's I thought this wasn't Dagobah. Galaxy's <laughs> ledge and it's like a, like a pier and it's like an old boathouse he's staying in. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be Dagobah themed. Like, yeah, Dagobah in Florida, sure. Sanger's like stupid Disney. There's no alligators in on Dagobah. <laughs> These are fake. Oh God! <laughs> super tall. I mean, he looked like him, but he was super tall, and he was the hotel manager. <laughs> he wasn't green. Um. Oh God, it's great. All right, I guess the last thing I just want to cover this is something that we really haven't like discussed at all on the podcast. Is that I think starting next month, uh, the, the official uh, next month. That's what the article is saying. Uh, this month on February twenty fourth, there's going to be the official announcement of Project Luminous, which has been something that's been kind of hinted at, like ever since last summer when it comes to Star Wars stuff. Um, as of now, it, nobody really knows what it is, but it's going to be for the most part the the rumor, the official conjecture. Pardon the oxymoron, is that it's going to be something kind of involving books and comic books. Ooh. Any any sort of uh, perspective or any ideas into what this might be or what we hope it will be? Was this like a Jedi focused, maybe uh, tales of Kiati Mundi's and, and whatnots kind of thing? Uh, individual, maybe like the Galaxy of Heroes kind of thing, but focused on Jedi, maybe? Yeah, I have I have no idea. My, it's it's one of those things where it's anybody's guess for right now what it could be. Maybe it could be um, something about how Mace Windu turned a Jedi Master to the dark side. Oh God, he's back on YouTube again, folks. Not this crude flesh thinger. Come on, talk about <laughs> luminous beings. <laughs> All right, I, I saved this on my phone from a couple of weeks ago when it came to Project Luminous. Uh, this is from the Star Wars Leaks Reddit page. Somebody's claiming that uh, the credible leak is it's broken down into three different uh, oh God, sections. Credible leak, why it's credible and more speculative. The credible leak is Project Luminous is they are working as basically a more involved story group for the next series of Star Wars films, which will take place three to four hundred years before the Skywalker saga in an era called the High Republic, with actual writers managing the overall story of this era. Terrible the name. The hope is that the movies and expanded content will flow together more cohesively than the sequel trilogy. Lucasfilm also specifically wants to get into unexplored areas of Star Wars, with the general premise being that the Jedi Order is exploring the unknown regions of the galaxy. And in the section that says, why this is why is this credible, it says, it was originally leaked 19 days ago and was appropriately given the wild rumor uh, label, but since then, Charles Soule, one of the writers of Project Luminous, released a comic book that referenced the High Republic. One of the other writers in the Luminous group also mentioned uh, the High Republic in the book Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah, Project and, Luminous sounds like a like a UFO organization, a government in the sixties or something. <laughs> it's like Majestic Twelve, Project Luminous, Blue Beam. Apparently, and this is the more speculative stuff, supposedly the Game of Thrones guys were going to write and produce the three films and direct one. Since they left, a supposedly Lucasfilm is still running with the project, but seeking someone new to spearhead it. Uh, there are names floating around, but none of the usual suspects. No, There's no reason to believe that Kevin Feige, John Favreau, or Cowboy Hat Man are attached to it, but that is 100% conjecture. 
And this almost sounds like a or like a, a level thirteen thirteen thing, something that just you put it out there as a concept. They start out. It doesn't sound like it's anything. Well, apparently no. There's going to be. It was uh, the ABC reporter said that we're going to get a Project Luminous announcement on February twenty fourth. That is official. Wait, 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 wait. Weren't we supposed to get a film announcement by the end of January? Because I know you were keeping track of that on Yes, yes. We were supposed to be getting a film. Empire Magazine said that it would be announced who would be directing the next Star Wars film before the month of February. Well, no, it's January 39th, and we are still, we're waiting right now. I know this is probably coming out on January 46th, but it'll come. It's coming. So, wait a second. When does um the the uh, Clone Wars save come out? The end of this month, I think the twenty first, twenty fourth, twenty first. I wonder, wonder if there's something there, maybe. Oh, that's interesting. One's Monday, one's uh, Friday. Also, is that episodic or is it like a dump? No, um, I think are it's, we going to find out that Padme had triplets and one of them <laughs> named is the child? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. What was Yoda doing? Um but yeah. <laughs> uh, Together with oh no, no. Technically nope. baby Yoda how wait, how old would baby Yoda be by the events of the prequels? Oof, he I mean he's fifty ten years after and this is I mean what he'd be, he'd be in his uh He was born after Phantom 40s. Menace. I think we figured that out before. No, before. Yeah. He'd be born before Phantom Menace, right? I don't think so. Uh, oh, Anakin, Anakin was in his twenties. He would be born around the same time as the Phantom Menace, right? I think so. I hope so. So what you're saying is, Russ, instead of it being Padme having triplets, it's Shami having twins. Oh, this, this makes my brain hurt a lot. <laughs> hey, look, she did get to Coruscant around the time we know. Uh, but but no one ever answered my question. Is it episodic or is it going to be a dump? Or? Episodic, episodic. Oh. I'm not dumping it. Oh well, I guess guess now we can announce we'll do a episode discussing those episodes. I wholeheartedly look forward to uh, uh, being very critical of that of Clone Wars season, whatever yeah. it is. Well, Zinger, lot- you have to tone down your excitement when we get in there. We're not going to be able to maintain that kind of level for uh, for an hour or so. So watch, watch me be blown. Actually, I am kind of excited for this because since I already kind of know what happens, I can't wait to to see it in action. I am excited to uh, watch leftovers. I've been sitting out in the cold for seven years. I look, I look forward to that. And much like leftovers, yeah, there's gonna be like Coney references in it, right? Coney? No, I don't know. I, I, I think this is the equivalent. You know, like you guys see those stories every few years. Someone's like, "Oh, I purchased a Big Mac in like 1998, and this is what it looks like 20 years <laughs> later." This is the Star Wars equivalent of that. I bought a Star Wars Clone Wars in 2013. And this is what it looks like seven years later. This is an fan- unopened Clone Wars Happy Meal. It's got yes. a little skateboard inside of it, and we're gonna open it up now and eat it. Yep, and the fan bases go yum. Seven-year-old Star Wars content, best Star Star Wars content ever. If you warm the fries up, they're still good. <laughs> oh God, Star Star Wars fan base. But yes, Project Luminous. Uh, any any anyone have any ideas about that? Or I I kind of have no ideas. Like if it's new book content, I'm always excited for new books. But um, as everyone now, look it, forward to some book reviews. 
yeah, if yes. they really are going to this old High Republic era, I mean, at least it's something, you know, it's not Old Republic, it's something different. I don't know. It's just whatever the aesthetic something is. Something no one asked for again. <laughs> we all saw what happened the last time they did that. Yeah. It's Zenger correction. The last times they've done that. It's more than once at this point. <laughs> well, I only try to remember the most recent mistakes they've made. It's too hard to remember all of them at once. <laughs> but up, up, but up, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's Star Wars in a wonky place. Uh, I, I don't know. And like, and like you is? guys are saying, what it currently is um, currently so has defined currently has, has been in. Thank you. Uh, and like you guys are saying, more book review episodes. And uh, one thing I've—I actually have some new insights into the Knights of Vader audience. Uh, I'm starting to realize after uh, the episode we did—I did two weeks ago about the box office of the Rise of Skywalker. There's only one thing that the Knights of Vader audience dislikes more than uh, book review episodes. It's box office review, <laughs> box office discussions. <laughs> the audience sees that and they're like, "Nope, Zach's gonna go on a diatribe for 40 minutes. I'm not clicking on that. I'm not gonna." I'm not going to reinforce those bad habits of his. <laughs> wait, wait, is there a Russ on it? No? Oh, boy. They don't even <laughs> click on it to find out. They see the words box office. They're like, nope. <laughs> Zenger and Rush jump ship well before the CD can get off the ground. <laughs> the Knights of Vader audience is very perceptive. They know the episodes in their mind. They're like, nope, we're going to stay <laughs> as far away as humanly possible. Little does the audience know, uh, Zach does what Zach wants. Zach has come back, has, as Zenger can attest to, Zach has unilateral control over the podcast feed. So apparently he does. And they'll be back. If you, if you falter a week, they're listening to that box office episode. Go listen to that thing. I like the idea. I listen to it. It's fine. <laughs> That's the highest endorsement a box office episode can get. It's fine. Hey, you want to hear Zach talk for a while about numbers? It's exciting. I, I, I enjoy those episodes. I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to it again. But Zach, you, you know what you're going to say. I don't care. I'm going to listen to it again. I don't have to think of it myself. I can just hear me telling me <laughs> and I can relax for once. And my brain I, just releases endorphins the entire time. Oh, I good point, like Zach. I forgot. I, I forgot. I thought of that. <laughs> you're so clever, Pat Zach. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Your Zach arms has in like a, a sling conference. from patting yourself. I'm sorry. Go on. I feel like Zach has a conference room set up. Like, where he has PowerPoint presentations of, like, these discussions that he puts on for himself. He's not wrong, folks. He's not wrong. (laughs) I was about to say, please give me the dead silence after that. No, it's much like, imagine Pitchman Zenger, but it's, like, reality. Except I'm going, it's much like a multiple personality disorder. It's like I'm going from, like, (laughs) hopping from different sides of the boardroom or the conference table, like, interacting with myself. Perfect. That's most episodes of this podcast. And Russ and Singer are like, are we just going to let him keep doing this? Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a great episode, folks. (laughs) I I, want to thank Russ for a quick second for finding that and using that audio. Hey, and if you, I I had to not even take the original audio because all you hear is is blasters and TIE fighters flying. I had to take it from that video where that where he Vader says what like a thousand times in every situation to anybody. This is the only one with the the audio was actually silent enough to make it work. But yeah, we needed that bad. (laughs) Oh dear. All right. Any other Star Wars news anyone wants to talk about? Are we ready to wrap this up? Well, I mean, we could talk about how. Oh, jeez. Where, where, where's a very bad 
Sanger, just make one. Sanger, make one up. Make one up. Oh, wait, no. Me. Here's the one I was looking for early, earlier. Was Starkiller more powerful than Darth Sidious? <laughs> that one's not made up. He actually did a five-minute video of that. All right, Sanger, you watched or, it. Sorry, you? sorry. They did a five-minute video. Oh, come on, Sanger. There's no, there is no woman on the face of this earth that would make that video. There's, there's no woman that, that would sink to those sort of depths to make an inane <laughs> video like that. Ew, not that gross old uh, man. Wait, wait, sinks, sinks, to, sinks to such depths as making videos about how Yoda defeated three Jedi council members without a lightsaber. Seriously, where is this moron getting these freaking ideas from? It's like, not a fun, there is fun no Star Wars content right now. Guys, it's, how do you think these guys are getting to these hotels in the galaxy yet? <laughs> They're making these videos, man. We just got to put on personas and wigs and white robes or whatever to hide that we're not us. And we can just drop these bomb videos. And we all got the knowledge to do it. It would be great. You, you think you got a helmet? You could be helmet man. And be like, That's, <laughs> a helmet. That's a helmet man at Galaxy's Edge. And they would love it. I mean, we all can't come up with such great videos as why Kid Fisto killed so easily despite being massively powerful. What the? <laughs> oh, was broken. killed so easily. No, no, it's better. The broken English version is better. <laughs> I want, okay, Russ, now you put the idea into my head. I would love, like, influencer Zanger being, like, outside the Star Wars hotel with the incinerator <laughs> trooper mask. Like, Yo, guys, it's your boy, Zanger. Uh, it's me, Helmet Man, outside Galaxy Edge Hotel. I'm gonna we finally made thing. it. Your dreams are my dreams. Thank you so much for have, bringing me here. Yes. Then we cut to, like, like we see a behind-the-scenes video, and it's, like, Ellie filming him in the lobby wearing the helmet, yelling at the concierge, what do you mean it costs $3,000 per person? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta make another video for these SOBs, and he's like this. Yes, I said it. All my viewers are SOBs, and he's like, like oh, and that's my video. It's, like, Helmet Man busted by... Uh, by Jedi Russ or whatever. <laughs> like I told y'all. Mando smash Russ. that like button. Mando, hit that Mando. Patreon button. We getting in there. I'll give you the real scoop. <laughs> but then me and Zanger are shaking hands. Like, oh, God, it worked. We got all the money. Yeah, we just great. start a beef between two fake YouTubers who are have <laughs> Star Wars hot takes. And every time you release a Yoda's body is hotter than blank, I'm like, yo, yo, Kid Fisto's smile is hotter than any, you know, go back and forth. So we're going to have what? We're going to have Helmet Man <laughs> and Jedi Russ? Those are the two. Uh, I, I got to revive my. Yeah, 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 sure. That's oh, oh, and th then we got to have the Zack attack where he, like, oh, brings down both of our contents. <laughs> no, no, the Zack portions me in the parking lot with a sign that just says, everything you believe is wrong. And I'm just wait. I'm just shaking it. No, you got to end his nigh, like, sandwich board on. Or, like, <laughs> you know, just ringing a bell. And just random people film you. You don't even have a phone to put stuff on. <laughs> I like to imagine that like people go into the hotel it's like oh it's so nice like, like you guys have a bell and someone's like oh it's nice that the Salvation Army like collect all times of the year it's like he's back it's like oh no he's back again it's like, and a bunch of like Disney security people with a broom chase me out to the highway to yell at people in Batu again and like boom boy chases them off <laughs> Ooh, oh, I can see man. that. Rum man, he's like the uh, he's like the uh, Sandman of the. We can make a, like of an online persona. Yeah, broom, broom man, Jedi broom man, get Jedi him out. And some poor like Disney intern that's like not being paid anything. 
It's like I gotta cover this in StarWars.com slash <laughs> fandom slash luminescent being slash galaxy's edge. Like Oh, it's horrible. I like that. I like that. That was I like- a good laugh. Yes, it was. That was great. Oh boy! All right, folks. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a Kickstarter. If you want to see this all come to reality, come to fruition, (laughs) have send Zenger as Helmet Man to Galaxy's Edge. Send Russ there to document it all, and have me in the parking lot with a sandwich board sign yelling at people. The end is nigh. Um, Donate down below. Smash that Patreon button. If you want to smash that, if you want me to smash that sandwich board, I need to get two hundred thousand likes and dollars, and (laughs) hit that button. Oh dear. All right. So concludes this very uh, entertaining episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group, type in Knights of Vader, and you will find us there waiting for you to collect your money. Uh, find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast. Shoot us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please rate and review, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to Ann Superiority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them if you're interested in a nice of your t-shirt to start to help us get to galaxy's edge please visit the show notes uh, every, every dollar helps yes he is wearing his which he oh that'd be even better zanger's wearing the remember alderaan as helmet man with the interior <laughs> trooper helmet outside <laughs> perfect Zanger, can you please like find a hotel like in your local like city and like have one of you I don't know have Ellie or what or some somebody you know go up to the desk and just be like just play along. We have you just yelling at somebody dressed as helmet man. <laughs> can you please I'll have see what that? I can do. Please arrange that. Um, okay, we want that. I want I want that as a Zanger persona. Okay, you know what, folks? If you like us in the Facebook group, please tell Zanger that you want Helmet Man to become a YouTube personality. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Zenger, put put that incinerator no. trooper helmet to work. Okay. All right. Um, for questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at Cinemodies. You can also hear me on the Cinemodies podcast, where I think we'll be discussing either. Oh, we're talking about Adam Sandler's "That's My Boy." Oh, uh. I love that movie. That movie uh. is phenomenal. If anybody ever wonders what makes me laugh in life, just uh, just listen to that episode. You will be shocked at w- how that movie just tickles me. Um, remember, folks, uh, when you feed your, your King Cobra Quaaludes, <laughs> it might laugh. It <clears throat> might laugh. All right. But when you're not feeding your King Cobra Quaaludes, Zanger, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> what, what, what were we gonna call me again? It was Helmet Trooper. We'll work on it for now. Helmet, you're Helmet, Helmet Man. Man. Helmet, Helmet Man. Man. Okay. Yeah, on my YouTube channel, Helmet Man. <laughs> okay, Zenger. Zenger, okay. <laughs> please go to YouTube right now and just claim the domain name <laughs> and take a picture of yourself wearing the helmet. All right, I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> you better. It could be SW Helmet Man. There's ways to work around it. We'll figure it out. But try to prioritize your straight up Galaxy's man. Edge Helmet Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Or uh, Galaxy's Ledge if it's taken. <laughs> All right, Russ. When you're not uh, uh, Jedi Russ harassing people at Galaxy's Edge, where can people find you? Uh, you can check out my show on Believers Podcast. We're back with season two. We just did an episode on California weirdness. It's coming out soon, and celebrity death conspiracies. So go check that out. Uh, I got bad it. news. There is already a helmet man on YouTube. Oh, all right. We have to drop a diss video on him, but we'll get on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Zinger, before we buy, get you money to go to the Star Wars hotel, we have to kickstart a program to buy out that username from this person. Don't worry, he only has 2,000 subscribers. I think oh, we got him. That's easy enough. We offer him a dollar per subscriber, and he'll sign it over to you. Yeah, David Prowse never uses his YouTube. Wait a second. He's like, <laughs> how many videos does he have? Oh, apparently a lot. All, all started four months <laughs> ago. His time's come. He's not going to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All righty. Um, all, I guess uh, good night, but not goodbye. And as always... One, two... Remember Alderaan! Down with the Empire! <laughs> Thank you, Luke. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vader. <laughs>